to Sin City with Nick Menezes and Dane McLean. Live chat about everything cinema, from new releases, iconic films, and plenty more for you movie lovers. Live for CMRU.ca. And now, to the men behind the mic. Welcome to Sin City with Nick and Dane. Very good, man. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> Very good, man. So, before we get to today's topic, let's take a minute to, well, you know, catch up. So, how you been doing, Dane, these past, these past few weeks? Like, I've been good. Nice. I've been as good as I can be, but uh, yeah, it's it's going okay. How are you? Doing good, actually. Yeah, classes are going great. Coming up with new ideas for short films. And hey, also, now that I mention it, congratulations on your newest Surfing in the Dark project. Congrats, man. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah, like, it was, I saw your music video for uh, the Benyon song, and it was, oh my, it was so beautiful, like, like, it felt, it really was something else, like, telling a really, you did a great job in telling a short story in just seven minutes, and it held so much impact, and everything, great romance, friendship, all in just seven minutes, well done, man, well done. Thank you. I'm so I'm so happy to hear it that you think that. I really appreciate it. You die, man. More it. stuff is to come soon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, Nico. I appreciate it, man. Nico, time, man. And knowing you, you always deliver. So congratulations, man. Congratulations to you for uh, being closer to developing your next short film. I know that's coming soon. I thank you, man. I look forward to having you in the lead. The leading guy. <laughs> Can you tell the audience a little bit more about this project? Uh, of course, yes. So, my our short film is called Obscured, and it's about a young man, played by Mr. McLean here, who is... <laughs> who has suffering from insomnia, goes for a walk late at night where he is stalked by a white clad figure. And that's all I can tell you, no spoilers. And another thing also I can do tell you is that it's mostly influenced by the work of David Lynch. Wow, I'm excited for this. Well, I got to hear you. Nicholas Menezes Casajus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And this is and this is gonna be one of the greatest performances in your career, Dane. To those of us who to those who are new here, Dane was also in produced and starred in the short films West with Voices and East with Echoes, and he delivered the performance of a lifetime. <laughs> and then, um, I don't know. I, I I could have probably been even more intense if I had uh, had the sort of I guess confidence in everything. Is it's you know your first films, you're kind of learning how to act 
in front of the camera, but I'm excited for this next one because I feel like having you as a director and being so um, comfortable with you will make, well, I was comfortable in my other productions too, but I think I, I've now learned from them and I've, I've experienced them. So I think I can um, really enjoy the next film with you, Nikhil. It's going to be, it's going to be something else. Thanks, man. Thanks. Glad to have you on board. In fact, you are on board for every single short film project I'm making, man. Oh, please. I need to work with you. It could be, uh, it's just a pleasure, man. It'll be a complete pleasure to work with you. Thanks, man. You too, man. Yeah. You got so many lined up. You got films, also music videos. Wow. You, you, your hands are full, man. Yeah, it's going to deliver. <sighs> That's very true. I think anything I work with on with you is going to deliver very well. I have confidence. One hundred percent. Likewise. You too, man. You too. And um, and also one more thing. Uh, how are classes going for you? Like we know you've been taking online classes since the spring and summer, but how is it going for the fall right now? Going well, really well, actually. Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying it. How about you? How's your introduction to online university? Well, at first I was a bit iffy about it, but now I quickly became adjusted and really comfortable with it. Like really fast. I have more time to sleep also. And yeah, so it's going pretty easy for me. Yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good once you get into the routine of it absolutely absolutely yeah you're like pretty much a veteran at this already at online classes <laughs> it's been a few months now and it's it's quite it's quite funny that you are able to embrace it for what it is oh yeah definitely mm -hmm. yeah yeah and also you mentioned that you are in a uh in introduction to horror film, is that right? Like the modern horror film? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm in a modern horror film class and it's, it's been really interesting so far. It's good, man. Yeah. Great, great selection of movies in the next few months. So it's going to be very interesting. It's amazing, man. Yeah. This is definitely your class for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think I would be like the biggest horror fan in the world. I do love horror films, but it's not really my necessarily my favorite genre, but it's something that uh, horror films are so well rounded, a lot of them, especially the classic ones. And they tell a much deeper story than just. And just um, relying on being creepy, like some people might think horror films are just about scaring the audience, but they're actually a lot of social commentary and uh, representative of the, the time and place that they were created in. So really important movies uh, culturally. So I'm excited to, uh, to actually, you know, dive deep into the history of the genre because it's it's so it's so critical to film at large i think that's good man very good yeah it's great to hear you're having a good time as well like and this you could get also a lot of inspiration from this yeah like 
you like you are the master at, it, at finding inspiration for films. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I, I struggle to come up with new stories, but yeah, oh, inspiration comes from unlikely places. I think. It's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like just from personal, can be just from personal experiences, and that's can be the, the most that you uh, the most you need to really create something new. I think because everyone obviously a different experience from the next person. So that's what's so great about filmmaking. I think. Oh yeah. For example, uh, I know that uh, your films will be completely different from from anyone else's that I've ever worked alongside. So it's going to be really interesting just to see what you have in your mind and how that translates to uh, the screen. I think it's something that is like, so exciting to imagine. Thank you, sir. And so do you. Like you got, you got like a huge imagination as well. Like you can, I can see you pulling this off very well too. Good. I hope I deliver. You will. So, um, now that that's out of the way, like let's get into today's topic, which is all about Breaking Bad. I know that you and John have been looking forward to do this episode since the start. And also you mentioned it's one of the few shows that you like watch fully rather than, you know, skip after the pilot. Like, so yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it fully and uh, didn't miss an episode. So this is one of the series that I'm really familiar with. So this is going to be great. I'm excited. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Like, yeah, like, for those who, and this is actually uh, 12 years since it came out, and the series finale came came out two days later, actually. So, yeah, and this is, like, Breaking Bad is one of my all-time favorite shows of all time, which I'm sure is on many people's top tens, or even top five, even. So, let's get to this. So, what are your overall thoughts on the show? overall thoughts well well i would say breaking bad was um probably the most uh, i guess I, I guess it grabbing from the very beginning for as far as shows that uh, uh interested me like I, I felt like there was so much going on in so many um so many layers to the show that you never you never felt bored some of the slower episodes like i felt like the character development was really good amazing and um you really cared about the characters from the beginning like you you felt connected to them so from the beginning i i was really i was really like behind the entire seasons to come like i i, I knew i would stick with it and i wanted to see what would happen so that really was what I think pushed me to f finish the whole series. How about for you? Also a good question too. Um, I found it, like you said, to be very intriguing from start to finish. Like all the characters were very well written 
beautifully shot and the story like the story was like so also really well written and and also possible to happen really it managed to it tied all those ends and it didn't leave anything unanswered and the best part is it managed to unlike many other shows game of thrones for example <laughs> it managed to stick the landing very well it ended perfectly just so well done yeah, but, yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that uh, probably it got better every season. Mm -hmm. as it, I think it consistently gets better. So that's a rarity. And also, um, I didn't find that it ever, it ever sort of um, disappointed at any point. You, know, you never felt like, you never felt like that things were you know, a shock in a bad way. It was always a good shock, and it was always, um, it always felt like the writers really had control over what was coming next, and it never, it never felt like they ever got lazy or, or anything like that. It just felt like it was so, so, um, you, you just felt so immersed in the universe and that, uh, everything that would follow had importance, and it never felt like, why am I? Why am I watching this episode? Why? Why is this episode here? Like it, it always felt like there was a purpose for every scene, which was really incredible about it. Absolutely, yeah. And it never. And you're right. Also, it never jumped the shark, as they say. It never got slow. Nothing like that. It stayed true to its form from start to finish, and that takes a lot of effort, really. Yeah. And uh, all ones for for some back tidbits. Also, uh, Breaking Bad was created, as you know, by Vince Gilligan, who wrote the X Files, mm -hmm. and he came up with the idea when, uh, like, about five five years ago, really, like. He wanted to create a, a different type of show, one in which the protagonist turns into the antagonist, or in his own words, turn Walter White from Mr. Chips to Scarface. Yeah. And so, he got, sorry, you go first, you go first. Oh no, I was just saying exactly, yeah. So um, also, he his his friend also got the idea in a way because back when Vince Gilligan was unemployed, he made up a joke saying that if they want more money, they can just make up meth in an RV and drive around the country making money, and that's basically what gave him the idea for the plot of Breaking Bad. Wow! Wow! I had no idea about that. That's interesting. Oh yeah, it sure was. Yeah. He uh, and he wrote the script. Also, he tried to have, give it to Showtime, but they refused because they made a, a similar show called Weeds. They tried again for HBO. It did. They rejected the idea until they went to AMC. They read the script and they loved it, and thus began the production for Breaking Bad. And that's where it'll start. Like, so well. And just found it so inspiring. Like he's very like Vince Gilligan was very as he was really young during that time. He had little to no experience creating his own thing. And look at him now. He created one of TV's greatest shows that's still being talked about today. And people keep watching more than once even. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had no idea about that backstory with Vince Gilligan. Um, I'm sure I remembered some form that, yeah, I think when I was watching it, I kind of knew that he did the X-Files, but I never really crossed my mind a whole lot, actually. And, um, yeah, I always wondered how he came up with the concept because it's, it's, it feels so, yeah, like uncharted territory, really. I don't think any show has ever tried to do what this show has done. So interesting that, that, um, yeah, like he just kind of came from a joke. I think that's pretty, pretty interesting how it shows inspiration just comes out of nowhere sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And the casting also was really, well, really, really good choices too. Like the, the Vince Gilligan, he wanted the, the actors in Breaking Bad to be just unknown actors that nobody ever heard or known before. And, and actually that actually works because it gives them more, you know, more opportunity as well to people who want to be in the acting industry, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them weren't very um, weren't very well known at all, actually. Um, I mean, apart from Brian Cranston, I don't really, I didn't really recognize anyone else at the time. I mean, since then they've all been in a lot of a lot more um, content. So I think it really gave a lot of the actors uh, a start, or at least um, helped them break through. It did, yeah. A number of them, yeah. It's true. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, out of all the actors there, uh, the, the hardest one, the hardest choice was Aaron Paul as Jesse because Vince Gilligan, because Aaron Paul looked, well, too too good looking according to Vince Gilligan. And he thought that didn't fit the this description of a meth addict. But he was so impressed with Aaron Paul's acting so that he got the part. And look at him now. It's well done. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I remember I saw the um, audition video for um, Breaking Bad um, for Jesse Pinkman. And, uh, yeah, it's always interesting to look at those audition tapes and, and see how the actor you know so well as that character, how, how they handle initial audition it just it looked really natural for him even though that would have been um something brand new he would have never seen the script before this character before but it really seemed to to fit with him and i find that like interesting how maybe people are kind of uh born to play certain roles like uh um yeah like you never know what would be your next role as an actor but it could be waiting for you and uh yeah. What do you think as far as casting? Do you think that a director will always know 100% who they want, or do you think that it's impossible to know until you, adi- you have people audition? Hmm. Very good question. Very good question. Like, I'd say that would be zigzagged, actually. Like, for one, I think it's more important to know who you're gonna who you're gonna cast like if you're making a film based on a book it's important to you know find who fits in terms of the physical appearance as well but 
I think audition auditioning is more important actually like it's more based on the experience not the not the appearance I'd say like yeah, it's more about the talent from the inside not the outside I'd say so yeah yeah because I, I think um, from my point of view a few short films that I've done um, well it's different when you're a student and you I mean, it's mostly you're working with your friends, but I mean, like, even from your, your pool of friends that you have to choose from, I think I've always leaned towards certain people. And um, if they if they agree to it and, they've, and they can uh, actually take part in the film, I always, I've always been really, like, pleased by the result of it because... Um, you know, it's it's not it's not as guaranteed when you're making a short film as a student that uh, everything will go as planned because there's there's no money involved. There's little um, that's actually binding of someone to committing to the role. But if someone is willing enough to be part of it and, and stays through for the whole thing, like um, I've had a lot of good luck with friends being really good about those things. It's really just amazing to see how. Like you have so many diverse people in your life that can play so many roles if you um, you really give it some thought. And I think uh, it's all about. I think uh, I, I don't know. Like, would you say that? Uh, would you say that like roles are are just like made for people, or do you think that people can adapt to to a role that's given to them? Like, do you think someone can can learn and 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 channel something new or do you think it's something that's has to be in them already again another good question (laughs) i i go more with the second option actually like the role like the role isn't made for that person the person makes that role for themselves it's a choice i'd say like it's not something that's given to you it's something that you basically have to earn i'd say so i believe that all the actors in uh, the cast like brian cranston aaron paul and a gun and the rest they all made they all made the role because they they chose how they wanted it to be for them not because it was just given to them so yeah, yeah. it's like an option yeah definitely and i think um when you look at brian cranston uh it's, it would have been impossible to know that he was made for that role unless you gave him that chance, right? Because, Absolutely. You know, you, people get, people get cast, uh, typecasted, sorry. And I think a lot of people saw him as the Malcolm in the Middle uh, dad. I can't remember the character's name from that. But from um, oh, Hal. Hal, that's the character's yeah. name. Yeah, exactly. I think people, if people weren't willing to give him a chance, I don't think that they would have ever imagined he could handle such a role and um, actually be like terrifying and, and so serious at times in the breaking mm-hmm. bad. I agree. Yeah, but like yeah, I think that's the general reaction when when an, an actor who is known for doing comedy is cast to do a, a serious role. But Brian Cranston did it. He's really a versatile actor. Really, he really exactly. So I guess I think what I've learned from these sort of surprises and and with um, my own films that I've done is like you should always. Uh, 
be open to the, the possibility of, uh, of an actor being able to take on a completely new role and not uh, put people in sort of categories, right? Absolutely. Because otherwise, otherwise, it's you're relying on just people's past performances, and you're not even being open to the idea that maybe they can shock everyone with some new direction. So I think that's really important. Absolutely, man. Yeah, like, like for example, uh, you, like in the short films that you starred in, did you appear mostly in uh, in comedic or serious roles? So so far, what I've done mostly being more on the serious side. I, I would say, yeah, definitely dramas and. Um, as far as well, for the most part, I've, I've directed and written the films that I've acted in, so I kind of. I gave myself these roles and uh, for whatever reason, I'm just, I've only ever really done sort of dramas so far. I've always wanted to, to start into more of comedy. And I think that's probably the next step I want to take, but I would say that that's the same idea is that I, I just need to sort of break out of that and try something totally new. I think once you feel comfortable in something, you should try to, to break that. <laughs> kind of not not to make a bad pun but you know it's all about breaking things <laughs> yeah breaking out of the stereotype and out of the, the category that you created for yourself and just trying something new i think that's what art's all about I agree, man. Yeah. More wise words from Dane McLean. Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> Good man. It's really nice. Yeah. And I'd like to take a second to talk more a bit about uh, the character, I'd say, like our protagonist or antagonist, depending on your view, Walter White. Like, wow, he's just one of the most well-written and complex characters I've ever seen, not just in the TV, but in general, I'd say. Like, his Definitely. journey protagonist just wow so well yeah and I mean you you really um, you grow to like him and then you hate him mm -hmm. at the end of the day you feel really um, just because you've, you've seen his life change and you really know what he's gone through from the beginning I, I think even when you hate him you still deep down wish that things can work out for him. Like you don't, you don't want to see him fail at the end of the day, even though you might not agree with any of his choices he's made. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just love the fact how it, they play his, like his journey, like from hero to villain in a very slow, realistic way, because nowadays in a show or a film, when a character goes from good to bad, it feels very rushed or, you know, done well and just forced also. But here, like you, you watch how every, it happens every season, like he starts slowly changing like that's that's actually how it works really like changing both very slow not just quick with the snap of someone's fingers like, yeah. notice as the story progresses he starts becoming more and more you know more more darker more violent more used to the lifestyle as a drug lord so well done really yeah it shows that um, because I think um what, what they did really well is, is presenting the fiction, obviously, the 
story is fictional, but they present it in a way that seems so realistic. Um, and I mean, I love I love the details, like the trivia they have, like for example, for, for especially for its time in like the two thousands, they were able to really. Um, I think they created like an actual the actual website for uh, the um, like kind of donations for. Um, That's right. Yeah. yeah, the main character, of course, uh, Walter White. And I mean, like to have that kind of um, trivia for fans in real life to kind of um, feel that there's some authenticity, like. I love I love shows that they're able to do that or movies like the Blair Witch Project. They were able to break that sort of um, that separation between the the fans and the show and really make it like interactive. And mm-hmm. I think Breaking Bad it just it was just full of Easter eggs and interesting things and um, it it really it was really a show that I feel like it, it just it just felt so realistic. And you really, you really felt like these people were real, and it never felt like melodramatic or anything. It was all so, so natural, like and how life is so, you know, so complicated. It's it's not like just because he all of a sudden has the money and the power, like not. It just, it's not like his life went back to normal. It actually it got worse, right? So yeah, yeah. Very well done. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, feels plausible as well, given that like this is a a middle class family, which also gives that vibe that it could also it's possible could happen as well. Yeah. Well, really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, you go first. You go first. You go first. Oh, I was just gonna say like the way they the way they showed even some some of the like. So, so they showed elements of the storyline. They kind of showed it whether that was in sort of like, um, I think, like through the eyes of other people in the city of Albuquerque, how they would have experienced these events rolling out. And it, it, it just feels so similar to how we view these strange characters and incidents of our society. And we question like, why did these people do these horrible things, right? Yeah. And we wonder, like, when we see headlines in the news about some character that might be kind of similar to Walter White, like, we we react in a way that is, like, we're so baffled by how we let our members of society get to that point and, like, what what and why... Um, what what caused them to go this way and why why did it happen, right? So I think it really, it, it, it just helps you maybe have empathy for other people. And uh, like, it, I think more than anything, it was criticizing the, um, the healthcare system mm-hmm. in the United States more than anything. In my opinion, it wasn't like trying to put the blame on, on individuals necessarily. What I mean, it's still, it still criticized Walter White's choices and showed that he could have done something different but it also showed the flaws in society which i think is even more intelligent for writers to be able to pull off right so Ooh, that is actually that is actually a really good point yeah like it's in a way a satire of the you know the american health system as well and not just the health system but also the 
you know, like um, the employment, like keep in mind that Breaking Bad took place in 2008. And during that time, the U.S. was in the middle of a big recession. And you know how he has to get a steady job, like as a chemistry teacher and a car wash operator, but those didn't work out. So he tried to do it his own way. So yeah, to your point, Breaking Bad, the show is implying that in a way society is what failed us, or in this case, Walter White, which... Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I agree with you 100%. Like, I don't think Breaking Bad um, would would be the same show if it was developed in another country. Like, it may or may not. So, for example, let's say let's say this this story took place in Canada. I would like to see how different <laughs> the events would have would have progressed and how uh, how a Canadian setting would change the story. So I think it's like or whatever Mexican setting or European setting. I think like Breaking Bad was really it shows and highlights the time and place it, it exists in, like you said, 2008 in the United States. And that's what's great about it is it, it's really in tune with what's going on and what was going on in the country at the time. It's true. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. Sorry, you go ahead. Sorry. No, we're going to say something? No, no, no. I, my, my thought just ended there. Um, and also... Another also let's get another character I like to talk about like before he used to be my favorite character I believe you know Jesse Pinkman yo <laughs> yeah like Jesse I think he is like the yin to Walter's yang like I like how they go through that change like you, you notice how Jesse is like you know a uh, a junkie and as as the story goes on like as Jesse becomes more sympathetic Walter becomes less and less sympathetic like the roles are reversed and it's so well done like Jesse I think in a, Jesse is the closest thing that this story has to a hero I'd say yeah yeah I would, I would say so like you really um you really grow to like him and even even though he does a lot of bad things himself you you see that he's very kind of he's just a lost sort of soul and uh is desperate for some sort of kind of fatherly figure or someone that's able to kind of take take him under their wing and um it's true. You you see that at, at his heart, he's a good person, but he's just very misguided. And uh, absolutely, he still seems to have like a sense of wrong and right, but he, he makes a lot of mistakes, no doubt. All of them are very flawed characters. Like you can't uh, you can't say that they are perfect by any means. So um, one of those characters you just you can't help but just like. He's I think you really want to see him win somewhere. That's right. Yeah. Like, well, I, Walter and Jesse's uh, relationship, I'd say it's like, uh, like basically two worlds colliding is the best I can say. Like, they is a love hate relationship. Like, they do not, they may not agree with each other all the time, but deep down, they need each other. Like, I think we've had that kind of, uh, we, people have had that kind of working relationship sometime before. 
like really yeah it's like here yeah yeah and i mean for like the circumstances i mean like i would be surprised if they got along really well in the show because of how sort of how much pressure there was on both of them and how um how deep they were getting into into trouble and i mean how how could these characters be pleasant to one another when they're like <laughs> completely breaking the law and just being criminals so it's like and deep down they knew that what they were doing i think is wrong but they they kind of tried to justify it right you could see walter white's justification for what he was doing um you could see jesse pinkman's how he justified what he was doing but at the same time you could just see how how sort of their their conscious conscience sorry was really getting the best of them a lot throughout the series it's true yeah like yeah like jesse again really complex character and of course his tendency to keep saying that this is for emphasis bitch <laughs> so <laughs> probably the most quotable of all the characters I would oh say. yes that's right yeah he, he made he made um so many like for example uh, even for people that don't have that kind of language they don't they don't have prof- profanity littered throughout their vocabulary i think it, it, it made you laugh even if you're not a person because like and it kind of i, I don't know like, it, it just made like these words seem at a certain point like just they lost their meaning their their true meaning but it was just more just to add like a level of um uh, some some comedic and it shows like the power of of language i think and how he just (laughs) it's true it's it's just hilarious absolutely yeah bitch magnets (laughs) so good so good and yeah like it's it's dark it's a dark show but also there's moments of humor like black humor I, and that really works well. It doesn't never takes itself too seriously. There's good balance of drama and comedy. Just love it. That's why. That, sorry, sorry, you go first. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I think it's just as funny as it is um, serious for the most part. Right. Uh, there's like it's pretty pretty even in far as far as you feel worried. You feel. Um, kind of anxious but at the same time you're laughing as much as you're on the, on the edge of your seat too so i think that was that was brilliant that they could make these characters genuinely hilarious i mean walter white's famous uh scene throwing the pizza which <laughs> is like pretty much an accident i guess that wasn't even scripted that's just he just happened to be able to wow. <laughs> angry enough in the scene to throw the pizza that high and it ended up on the roof of the house. Like <laughs> we we should have done that for my for my belated birthday party. Chuck <laughs> it into the roof. <laughs> that became just an iconic scene. I think um, I think that house. Like speaking of iconic. That house in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the the Walter White family house, um, that became like like a touristic attraction after that show. Um, wow. I was reading how people were driving like 
across the country are coming to the United States specifically <laughs> just to see like Walter White's house because it it was featured so much and it, it became ingrained in your mind and it just everything about the show like all of the the landmarks the, the restaurants the car wash the the locations in the show just they've become famous so i think it's incredible how a show could just make so many quotes famous so many real life locations and it became so part of the mainstream culture i think this show Absolutely, yeah. My, my favorite character in the whole series, like very, one of the most, the character is just really complex and so well written. Like, I just love how even though he is the the bad guy, he he doesn't act, they don't write him as he is one. Like, there, there are, to me in Breaking Bad, there are no such thing as good guys or bad guys. Like, everyone is there, it's all based on how we view them. Yeah, I would say so. That's definitely how it's kind of presented to us. And um, yeah, Gus Spring was definitely one of the most interesting characters. Um, I think it was it was like his really um, his his calmness and his demeanor was really really interesting. Like you couldn't help but kind of find him to be intriguing i think there's a lot of mystery around him mm, yes and we weren't really sure like why he was doing the things he was doing and, and um very complex yeah very complex yes. yeah and that just makes him also more even more scary like even when he acts friendly or polite and he and calm you you have this feeling like there's something just not right about it about his voice like so like a wolf in sheep's clothing is what i call him yeah yeah it, he was a very scary guy mm-hmm. he really didn't know what he was capable of and um he never re- he never revealed his emotions very much like very very hard to tell and hard to read him like you said mm, yes great performance from uh Giancarlo Esposito yes very true mm, yeah well one I, if there's one place I wish existed in Breaking Bad it would have to be Los Pollos Hermanos such good chicken there I think it might have been a real place I think I, I think it was a, a restaurant but maybe they they like refigured the place to have to be a fictional place, but I, I think it's a real place. I'm not sure though. I don't think it, it's not actually um, Los Pollos Hermano, but uh, I think it might actually be a restaurant. Which is what I love about Breaking Bad is how they really, they really utilize the local locations and they didn't create these places in studios or use green screens or use, um, mm-hmm. they didn't build them from or pose them as other places like it was all on location and that was like i was saying before like all of these areas of um albuquerque which other than breaking bad i don't maybe breaking bad and little miss sunshine i don't know any other movies that have taken place there really much about the place so these movies show the character of a place that is very off of the radar of most people 
and shows the character and the, the personality of it. And um, yeah, it really goes to show what you can do with your local surroundings. You can tap into the sort of uh, quirkiness of where you're from or where you decide to shoot. It doesn't have to be somewhere super famous already. You could just you could make a place famous through what you do there, right? So absolutely, yeah, for sure. I never thought of that. Wow. And uh, yeah, and um, there's something uh, else with I think we really talk about, like the wife from um, Skyler, like. What are your thoughts on her? Because she, like, she's probably the a very uh, divisive character. Like, there are some. She has her haters, and she has people who defend her. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I sort of see. It's it's hard to it's hard to see any of these characters through like a neutral view because it is such a an emotionally gripping story. And I think it's it's super natural for you to kind of have favorites in this show more than a lot of other shows. But I think now that I'm older, I watched it when I was a teenager and maybe I had more clear, I had more firm beliefs back then. But I think now that I'm a little bit older, now I can probably, looking back on this series, you see it through maybe a more of a neutral point of view. So I, I can understand... Gus, I'm sorry, I can understand Walter, and I can also understand Skyler. Like, I think, I think once you have more life experiences and when you're older, you'll start to understand maybe that there's really no uh, right or wrong between them either. Like, I mean, you, you feel for Walt because he's basically kind of pushed into this life through his worry and in, in, in a certain way his love for his family right like he wants to take care of them and have enough money for them to be okay after he he inevitably leaves his life leaves the world and i think um skylar you 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 feel frustrated by it because she doesn't see that he's basically at the root of it doing it for them right but at the same time you can't help but just understand her that um she doesn't want to be in a relationship with someone that is doing these things. Like, how, how could you be comfortable and happy with this realistically? If you knew your partner was out <laughs> doing these types of things, you would be shocked and horrified, and you would want to probably get out of that situation. So it's like, it's heartbreaking because you understand why Walter did this in the first place, but you also understand why she wouldn't be okay with it so it's it just tugs at your heartstrings basically it's true yeah i agree with you on that like yes she skylar may be well what some fans say she can be very bitchy at times but at the same time she like she's like doing her job as a mother like she doesn't want her kids growing up in an environment where dealing drugs killing and hurting people is shrugged off as she says as shit happens like She's just a mother who really loves her children and wants what's best for them. Like, but some fans just take it too hard. Sometimes take it way too far. So yeah, like I think it's it's easy to really um, be behind Walter White throughout the series, and I, I think initially I was more. So. But really, I think when I was watching it, like in a room full of people, my family, like everyone, kind of reacted differently. 
for example, my I reacted differently from my from my mom, from my dad, from my sister. So it was like different different people had different perspectives, and it just shows everything is so subjective, really, how we feel about characters because we bring our own life experiences, our own place in the world, and, and who we are as people to the table when we watch something, and we either reject or accept people based on what feels justified, like based on our position, I think, in life. I think it's, uh, it'd be impossible without being subjective to say a character was bad or good in this, in this show, especially when there's so much conflicting and hypocritical actions from, from everyone, so. Absolutely, yeah. Hard not to be biased when it comes to this type of show. True. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I think that was actually one of the intents of Vince Gilligan. Like, he claimed that he, does, he neither one of the characters are supposed to be, you know, likable or unlikable. It's based on how you view, how you view them, if how their if their actions really were justified or not. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, very philosophical show. I mean, you could think about this show for days and, and just, it could just flip flop in your mind and you would be questioning and then changing your opinion just, just the more you think about it. So it, it, I think it just leads you to being more confused and uncertain at the end. And the more you, you really reflect on it, it's just like a giant question mark. And that's just, it's really reflective of life. <laughs> it's right. just such a big question mark sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, oh, now that we're also in the one-hour mark, it's time to get to the rankings. Your top five favorite episodes of Breaking Bad. And oh, and also one more thing too, because since. Uh, I uh, felt kind of bad that, you know, our friend John could not make it here today. So I was thinking that we could, we might even do a second part of this episode with, with him. So with, yeah. with, I'd like to hear what he has to say, actually, because he, he really loves yeah. the show and binging it since many months ago. He still talks about it. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah, definitely. We have to. Great. Yeah. And honestly, I I might need time to think about the show list a little bit more because I'm kind of forgetting like the names and everything. I didn't write it down, but I can try my best to. Worries, man. Describe. I'll say like the, the the episode where this happens. Yeah, that works too. You don't have to have to come up with the, the whole title. It's fine, man. Okay. So we'll start with you, man. This is a good question. Um, I don't, I don't really have a good rankings, but I'll just, I'll just name top five off the top of my head. So, I think I have to go with the pilot, season one, episode one, mm. um, because it's, it's, it's the beginning. Obviously, it's, it's like the, it's like the, the very first impression that just forces you to want to see the rest. And the pilot was one of the best pilots I've ever seen. Like I think, I think you you know me quite well, Nick. I haven't watched a lot of series beyond maybe the first episode. Not because I don't like this where it's going or I'm not interested. It's just kind of like 
I feel like it's such a big time commitment to to sit through an entire series, especially Breaking Bad length or Game of Thrones length or mm-hmm. the modern modern TV series. So I'm kind of unless I have the time to commit to it, I I generally am unable to. But with Breaking Bad, I was it was a good time and place in my life when I was like. I would have been what seventeen at the time, and I, I had more time to probably digest something like this and, and watch it every day and fit it into my routine. So that was like something that I was so glad came at that time and place because that was when I was getting into film and TV. So wow, watch Breaking Bad. I mean, like that's that's pretty good as far as making an impression on you as a young hopeful filmmaker. It's one of the best series of all time, I would say. So. I think the pilot was just perfect. Like it, it just it, it didn't it didn't make you think. Like it didn't make you predict how it would go. Like there was no way to know where this would go, but it did give you enough of the feeling, the tone, the atmosphere, and the the, the personalities that you you felt like okay, I will definitely be able to get through this and. Um, I just want to see what happens. I think basically. Mm, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, and it, it really hooks you right from the start. Really, help, really puts you on the edge of your seat and leaves you wanting more. And it sure as hell delivered. Oh, definitely. It's just so entertaining the whole way through, and uh, how how it presents just life and and the universe of the, the show. It's so interesting. It's it's so close to life, but also it's a, it's dramatic enough that it's it's fascinating and it's just mm-hmm. me. So I would say the pilot had a huge impact on me, as well as um, oh wow, I would say probably I have to I have to talk about uh, from season three, episode ten, uh, Fly, the episode Fly. I just I think this episode from what I remember it pretty much was entirely in the the lab right like it it didn't really take place outside of the lab at all a bottle episode that's right yeah and for it to be able to do that and 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 be an hour long and still be fascinating and you're never you're never bored with the setting or or needing to see more like it can just be contained in one location and, and really like like apart from them being frustrated with the fly like obviously there's more going on in the episode but it's it's really it's really just an, an interesting day in their lives that uh it feels like it's just it's part of life how we have these days not every day has to be not every day there's a huge progression, but every day, even in the in the small things, something important happens. And something crit- critical to our stories happens, even if we can't really see the the big change in our lives. So I think this show or this episode was really part of that momentum for that season and for what like it it was kind of right in the middle of all of this crazy stuff. But it just felt oh, yeah. like a good a good pace and a good kind of change, but it was hilarious and, and just so interesting. 
I'm really, first of all, I'm really like impressed that you chose this as in your top five because Fly is probably the show's most underappreciated episode. Like, it's nobody's favorite episode, really. And like, I'm saying it's filler, but it's really yeah. that you're one of the few people that actually appreciates this episode for what it is. Yeah, I think it. I think it's more important than maybe you would initially assume it is. I think it shows shows more of the characters. It, it makes you feel closer to them. And I don't. I think it definitely it shows it shows their their relationship with each other really well. And I think every show needs something kind of fun and something kind of like a left turn or it's true yeah. whatever whatever turn whatever direction but it's it's a and also uh, it was also a good breather episode like to take a pause after all the drama and action we saw in the in the last three so yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which too. <laughs> and after that i would say i think better call saul i think that's an episode Ooh. Uh, I mean, the name, it's in the name, right? Like, what <laughs> happens in this episode, <laughs> the importance of it, and, and what what would unravel from there? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I never expected Saul Goodman to be such a critical character to the universe, not just the show, but the universe, obviously, with Better Call Saul coming back. Um, it's one of it's one of those character episodes where it focuses on a specific character where you're kind of thinking this guy won't be as notable as he will be right right but they were all ended up going to be uh it's true. and, it, and it, it, it your first impression of him is like maybe not the best compared to when you really get to know him, obviously, in Better Call Saul, like it's you, you're not sure what to think of this guy. It's true. Yeah. You think he's kind of a slimy, strange character that you can't really trust. <laughs> but at the same time, there's something endearing about him, and just the character development with Saul Goodman after that is amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he was supposed to appear in one episode, but he got more. And he even got his own series as well. Like wow. It's amazing, yeah. Everyone's favorite criminal lawyer. Oh yeah. yeah. That's all cool. I, I don't think anyone would have expected that. Like I think if anything, you would have expected a new series for Jesse Pinkman or for uh, like one of my all-time favorite characters, Flynn, Walt Jr. Oh. That's right. Like, if I was to do it, maybe I would have. I would have done something like a series on Flynn, or maybe that's in the works. Who knows? But the Saul Goodman didn't seem initially like this guy would be so uh, someone people would relate to so much and and grow to love. Like, this just sometimes shows your first impressions aren't always correct. So absolutely, yeah. I think that was really interesting. Cool. And Saul's really a, a great addition to the cast because he's he, Saul Goodman is like the the comic relief of Breaking Bad. I mean, really oh, adds a lot of levity when things get too dark. Really yeah. well done. <laughs> <laughs> There's something that you you feel you feel calm with him in a way because he's just so he's funny, but he's he's very he's a very brave guy at the end of the day. Like he does a lot of things that are really 
would take a level of like I don't give an F about anything anymore. <laughs> so you almost feel like you're in a calm presence with him, like even though he he doesn't probably have it under control. Mm. He seems to have some he has an effort or like something about him that you know he'll probably figure it out. Yeah, just, just ask his, just ask his long lost brother, uh, Mr. Ben Goodman. <laughs> oh, exactly. And um, yeah, a great, great episode, great introduction to an amazing character, and so much to follow after that. And I love, I love just seeing them all in a room together. I think that was really. It's true. Um, I think moving on, I'd have to talk about. Um, is this number two, by the way? Yeah. Moving number two. I think I'll have to talk about Ozymandias. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't think you cannot talk about it. Um, yeah. What can I say about it? Like, I mean, that's just the. I think that's kind of like the universally appreciated episode it's like this was breaking bad at its very best oh yeah maybe tv at its very best very true that kind of claim i think oh man it's yeah what what could you say about this nick because i'm having a hard time like talking about it i just feel like you've either seen it or you haven't seen it but if you've seen it you know the weight of it like it's just <laughs> what, what did you feel about the episode well that i think that this is like after everything that's happened this is what the entire series has been building towards which is basically the end the the downfall of the, the white family like after everything well did all his mistakes they catch up to him like mm-hmm. some people say that ozymandias it feels like this is the true the true ending of breaking bad because this is the whole show has been building towards this very moment and it it was one gut punch this entire episode from start to finish. Wow, yeah, you said it, you said it perfectly. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, and that, that definitely has that feeling of like, uh, well, time and time again, it's like a lot of standoffs and things, right? Like it's, mm. I think it's a common part of Breaking Bad is sort of that Western standoff. It's true. And, Oh yeah, it just feels like everything's coming to a head. Yeah, and um, <laughs> like you just can't imagine the feeling of Walter White in this part of his life. I mean, like, like this is like. Sorry. I'm sorry, you go first. You go first. Sorry. Oh, oh no worry. I, I was just gonna say, um, you just you just can't uh, even even picture like he's totally ruined his life at this point. Mm. Basically, everyone closest to him has has been affected by his actions, and it's all coming in his face at once. And like, you can only imagine like the emptiness of the, of Walter White and um, absolutely, yeah. Like, like you 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 literally can't think of anything else other than like, if you were him, you'd probably just be in a corner, just just like crying. Like, there's like no other option for someone. But he somehow still has like some will to continue and it's like almost shocking to see that someone could be at such a low and then like still have that 
there's something that's inside of him that keeps progressing forward even though everything's falling apart <laughs> absolutely yeah like and it really like if this is this is basically like the death of heisenberg i say like the death of his his empire this is like the his darkest hour the worst day in all the characters lives i'd say <laughs> by far Wow, and I gotta say, I was, I was really shocked because a lot of people usually tend to put Ozymandia at the top of their list, but this list of yours is so unique. Can't wait to hear what's your number one. <laughs> the number one, like, I mean, there's so many episodes, you know, you could talk about. Like, I guess before I talk about my number one, I think some that I'll have to mention is maybe like oh, yeah. Crawl Space. Oh. The crawl space. Oh yeah, like that 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 that, that shot, the the lifting sort of like god shot. Mm -hmm. It's just I think the, there's few shows that have been able to just make you just with something so simple. Like it's just him lying at the bottom of his house, but it, you feel you just feel like crushed emotionally, crushed by this ending. That's... I think it, is that the ending scene. I, uh, is it is, yes. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, but oh man, it's oh, and how it, it it foreshadows. I mean, like what to come in the end. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's very similar to, I think, the final episode. Mm. It's, it's really it's a good hint towards what will will happen. I think, but I th I would mention that as one of the best easily. Um, I would have to talk about. Oh, so many other episodes. Cornered. Um, just, I think, Cornered is an episode where you... I mean, the most famous quote of the series, arguably, from Walter White. Mm, I uh, am the danger. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. I, I could talk about so many others. I don't want to get too sidetracked because there's so many. You know, Box Cutter. Um, oh, yeah. Jesus. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the one episode. Uh, I, I can't remember a lot of these names, but... No worries. Oh, man. I think I'll just get to the number one, but honestly, every episode could be in the top five <laughs> when you really think about it. But I think ultimately, I think for number one, I would have to go with... with Face Off, maybe. Oh, excellent choice, man. <laughs> I think it was the episode that I I really saw. Okay, these writers are incredibly ballsy. Like, I I am not going to doubt the 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 way they can just pull the rug from underneath you and just to to, to show Gus Fring's death like in this sort of way was just I did not see it coming. I don't think anyone could have seen it coming. Um, I think it. I love I love Hector in the episode. I think he's one of the highlights of the entire series. It's oh yeah, just the way it all <laughs> all all happens, and and the way that he walks away from his face being like yeah basically destroyed, and you think this guy is like literally immortal, like he just walks away from it as if he's 
going to continue the rest of his life. <laughs> and obviously, we, mm. you know, not, but, oh yeah, just <laughs> the episode's title. I thought the episode's title meant face off, as in this was gonna be the last, the last, you know, the finale with the final battle between Gus and Walter. It was yes, but they took it on a literal new meaning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And Hector Salamanca is just arguably he's in my top five, top at least top five of the series, I think, for characters like Ooh. What a memorable what a memorable character in it's ding 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 ding. <laughs> that sound will forever haunt me after this show. Yes. Uh, it's, that's totally new meaning. So, excellent. Uh, excellent choice, man. You know, my friend Nico. <laughs> well, looks like yours this was pretty a pretty hard list for me to narrow down. But here we go. At number five for me would be uh, season two, episode two, Grilled. That's where uh, Tuko capture, you know, Tuko Salamanca. Like he captures a uh, Walter and Jesse in the middle of the desert. Oh, and, that's the one I was thinking about too, but I, I didn't know where to. That could have been my top five. <laughs> <laughs> like it was every scene with them. Oh God, like Tuko, he is one scary guy. Like he's he's like a ticking time bomb. Like you don't know you don't know what one minute he's just laughing and the next he'll just beat the crap out of you. Like he's that unpredictable. Like uh like it's like really intense, like the kind of guy you don't feel comfortable being around. Like Jesus. Oh, God, God. <laughs> oh, God. The definition of a psychopath. Mm, yes. Yeah, well he does have of course some good moments too. Like he he loves his family, but everyone else not so much, no. <laughs> In fact, and uh, Raymond Cruz, the actor who played Tuco, like Tuco was supposed to appear in the show longer, but Raymond Cruz, the actor, he really didn't like Tuco at all. So he asked Vince Gilligan to kill off his character. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I, I guess he could have continued living on, but I, so so it was actually so the actor wanted his character removed. That's right. Like he wow. really hated Tuko that much. Like like Raymond Cruz. Like he's the exact opposite of Tuko. Like really nice guy. Really signs the autographs. <laughs> it's what's really like he felt it was too stressful to play that kind of character. So he wanted out. I can only imagine like the amount of energy needed just to. The guy's constantly moving around and mm -hmm. like the, his heart his heart rate must have been through the roof throughout that entire film mm. that's true yeah <laughs> god <laughs> you mean a good feeling being that character no that's true that's true <laughs> oh and from my that was my number five and at my number four is actually your number one face off <laughs> nice like, that episode really great way to like end the whole story between Walter versus Gus like Gus Fring really was he as I said he's an amazing character he's like I'd say a more 
a darker reflection of Walter White. He is basically a better Walter White, I'd say, mm-hmm. from other character. Like he's more, he has more power and influence. Like he's everything Walter, or in this case, Heisenberg wants to be, I'd say. And, yeah. and Heisenberg beats him at his own game. Like so well done. Like mm-hmm. and it's also I love another thing about I love about Breaking Bad is how they manage to like give really poetic ends to the character's story. And in this case, like Gus, he wanted revenge for his friend's death, and it was his revenge that led to his own downfall. That's some really like a very Shakespearean vibe would I say. Yeah. Oh absolutely. And this another thing I people remember this episode four is like how well this is like the episode where Walter crossed the line. Right? Like it showed he he poisoned that kid. It showed the last shot of him poisoning that kid to get Jesse on his side. Like oh god. Like, just like shows that yeah, Walter he may be the the, pro, the good guy, but he is no better than Gus either. Like, they're both so well done. Love it. Great choice. Thanks, man. At my number three, I'd give this one to Salud. The one where... Salud. Where Gus... Um, um, it's the one where uh, Gus poisons the cartel. Remember, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, wow, badass. Like, wow. Like you'd expect. Like I love how the show plays with you. it subverts your expectations. Like you'd think Gus would get revenge by like shooting everyone, but no. Instead, he does it in a more subtle way, which is poison. Just wow. Just this is like Gus's finest hour, I'd say. And that monologue he delivers after everyone dies. Chills, man. Chills. Don Eladio está muerto. Like wow. Love it. It's well done. Oh wow. Yeah. My, my number two. It's actually same as yours too, Ozymandias. Wow. Yeah, like wow. That episode was a domino trail of agony. Like from start, spoilers. Like every minute, there was just something. Like from spoiler alert, from Hank and Gomez dying to Jesse being captured, Walter kidnapping Holly, and the whole family just falling apart. God, it was this was a very difficult viewing experience, I'd say. Say the least, yeah. (laughs) Very upsetting episode. I think it was like it's one that you kind of are traumatized by because it's you care about all of these people and to see to see what they've done to each other is just it's so sad, but it's also just like an amazing amazing experience really because Mm. like it's it, it's emotional, but it's uncomfortable. Absolutely, yeah. And the title, Ozymandias, is actually from a poem, which basically says that 
it's basically the fall of an empire, how people achieve great success, but sometimes that success can, can fall apart. Like everything you've built will fall is the message. And it shows very well in this episode. Like this is the, the downfall of Heisenberg, the end of an era. Yeah. It's a perfect episode, I'd say. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And before I reveal my number one favorite episode, I have just a few honorable mentions. Like one of them is uh, the season three, episode nine, uh, One Minute, the one where Hank fights uh, the cousins. Like, big shootout. Like, the last 10 minutes were so intense. Like, uh, you think Hank is gonna die, but he doesn't. Well, not until two seasons anyway. And another. I'd go with uh, 51, the one where Skylar goes into the pool and it's like Walter's 51st birthday. Like also really intense. Like this is one, this is like Walter and Skylar's relationship comes to an end. Like also well done. And is that some good foreshadowing for what comes for the rest of the series? And wow, so many episodes I could make in my top five too. But nevertheless, here's my number one favorite episode. I give this one to season five, episode 16, Felina, the, the series finale. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Like, perfect. A perfect ending to such a perfect series, I'd say. Like, this is, this is really a great, great ending. They, nothing got forgotten. Every single character got their payoff really well done. And yeah, like Walter basically succeeded in his mission basically to, to help his family. But of course, at a cost. So like, very bittersweet ending indeed. Really very sweet. I don't. I don't think uh, you could make an episode more. Oh my goodness! Just. Mm, well, I mean, a lot of shows and movies have have shown anxiety, have shown, have given you that rush. But I mean, for everything like all of the time commitment and the the whole show, how it's progressed, and when you've watched it from the beginning and you get to that point. It's almost like a relief. Okay, it's over. It's finally over. But it's, it's just so... You just can't believe it's over because there's so much going on in this one episode. Like, how could this be the end? Like, there has to be more, but they're able to just end everything and it, it just is like, oh my goodness, so much happens. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. Very phenomenal, yeah. Like, it's really... Some, that's something else I find a bit of uh, a little bit of difficulty when coming up with a new story, like how to make a good ending. Like, do you ever ha face that challenge? By the way, when coming up with your short films, like come up with an ending that is satisfying to the audience. Oh, absolutely. That's that's the challenge. I think most of the time is to sum everything up and, and, and leave people either, I think, you know, there's lots of ways to do it, but they did it in a way that is both, for example, it's, it's a cliffhanger and it's also, there's there's a, um, a sense of closure at the same time, like 
for one character there's closure and for another character it's a, it's, it's a bit of a mystery so i think for example um for a lot of films or, or movies it, it is either one or the other sort of or like there's other options but usually there, there's like some sort of like what happens next we'll never know it's left to be vague in terms of or or everything is nicely kind of comes to an end either through some sort of death or some sort of some sort of closure that way but there's both at the same time <laughs> so you're you're left not knowing what is the next like you you assume yeah Walt, walter has died you assume jesse's has made it to alaska or has started a new life but beyond that can you really be sure I, it's impossible to know i guess until el camino came out recently but yeah. even i mean there's theories around Walter White's final fate. Like, who really knows? I guess, unless in El Camino it's said, but I or uh, and I don't know. Like, I I haven't seen El Camino yet, and I'm not sure. But you know, it, it does leave so much to be answered for. But it also you you can walk away from it feeling okay. Like, okay, this is how it ends. At the same time, absolutely, yeah. Good point, man. Really, really good points. All of them, yeah. Like. I learned so much from the finale of Breaking Bad. Like it taught me that a good ending isn't one that is satisfying to us, to us, to the viewer, but one for the characters. Like they end each character got the their the end of their story in the right way. Like one would think maybe Walter should come back to his family and have a start over again. But no, that does it wouldn't work because it has to work with the character. Like with Walter making up for all his mistakes and I think that really like really works well like every character got their payoff and nothing nothing got forgotten I'd say like they answered every one of our questions really well done great ending and like many series finales good series finales this one it did just you know what it also did it made you want to watch the whole series again just just bravo just bravo impressive yes <laughs> i've never come around to actually watching it again but at the same time i i, I want it to be i want it to be just part of that experience you you really see everything for the first time and everything's um, just sad, funny, exciting, scary, and I don't know if it'll ever be the same a second time. But for me, it's been five or six years now, so I think like I think I'll reach a point within the next two to three years at most where I I, I warm up to the idea of watching it again because I think at a certain point you forget what what really happened. So it's it's good it's good to see it again. I think and I think eventually I will, but I haven't had the urge the full urge yet. But there's still so much to watch. I mean, with Saul and El Camino, and watched either of those fully. So there's, um, I mean, they they give us so much more uh, for for fans of the universe. Like, there's so much out there right now. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like, and I love how even though Breaking Bad ended seven years ago, people are still talking about it. Even today, we still are. We still talking about it. People will stop talking about it. It's. Um, I think it'll be one for the ages. Thirty years from now, I think our kids will be 
talking with their friends. So oh, yeah. <laughs> watching it. I, I imagine. I think I think people will watch it in the future because it has that longevity. Like, I don't see how it could ever be. Um, of course, everything will eventually become older, will look a little bit outdated. And I, I think stuff from the 2000s is already starting to look a little bit older because of how far we've progressed with visuals and everything but that aside i think i don't see how this could ever lose its its luster like it's just not possible 50 years from now it'll be i think something that oh yeah is just a classic like it's universal i think you can't be a classic never that's like the golden rule of filmmaking i'd say one of them really uh, speaking of uh, series finales, this is the end for us for this episode today. <laughs> we're still having a long one for you, Nico. I'm sorry about. Oh no, worries, man. It's the totally whole fine. delay in, in just starting it, but I would love to do this again with John and um, Elfin, maybe Ben and some others. So this will be Absolutely. a great first episode of I think more to come. Definitely, yeah. And, and no worries. Um, I'm sure I play too, man. Like, fam- family always comes first, of course. Think about your family first. Yeah. Thank you, sir. So good, man. Hopefully, it won't happen again. But thank you, Nico. I appreciate uh, you setting up this show today for Sin City. As always, this is Dane McLean. I am so grateful to be co host with Nico Manessis here. Another episode of CC on CMRU.ca. That's right. And I'm also honored to have Dane McLean here as my partner. We've been doing the show for about for almost six months already. And we're not stopping anytime soon. The show goes on. So thank you. Thank you all. And thank you, Dane, for coming here today. Thanks so much, man. Muchas gracias, Nico. Hermano. I see you soon, yo.